Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea. I'm here today with Chris, and Sheena is back with us. Hello, Sheena. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) Glad to have you. Um, And we are in Ezra, and we begin the book of Nehemiah. Uh, so what stuck out to you guys today? Well, we definitely started off with a kind of an interesting passage where there's a lot of people that have returned that ended up marrying uh, pagan wives, marrying wives from other nations who worshipped other gods. And this is actually something that, um, I mean, we've as you've been journeying with us, we've seen that God has told Israel for literally thousands of years at this point, don't do this because... Uh, it's not that the wives were deceptive, but if you're in a family that's worshiping other gods, it's going to leave you, lead you astray. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have this happening. It happened in the leadership level. There were priests that did it. There were Levites that did it. And one of Ezra's main tasks, this entire book is about rebuilding the people. He's a priest. He's calling people back to faithfulness. And this call back to faithfulness gets kind of intense because it involves n- divorcing their wives yeah um and of course we're sitting here reading this going oh my <laughs> word like divorce sounds and, really harsh <laughs> yeah like and sending their children away, away. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um one thing i just want to remind us as you hear this we cannot take one passage of scripture and make it the the end-all be-all conversation on issues like divorce mm-hmm. or even in this case uh, intermarriage Um, We might talk about that a little bit more later, but we've got to look at scripture as a whole. So yeah, here is one time where people were told to get divorced. That doesn't mean that that's like God's will. That doesn't mean that that's the right thing to do. This was a consequence of their sin. Yeah. So there's this uncomfortable sentence in there that says, so the holy race has become polluted by these mixed marriages. How are we supposed to read something like that? (laughs) (laughs) What are we supposed to walk away with? (laughs) So remember back here now, like Israel worshiped God, all the other nations did not. And if you went from another nation to be a God worshiper, you became part of Israel. Mm -hmm. So when they're talking about race, it literally did define who you worshiped. A contemporary way to say this is believers shouldn't marry unbelievers. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do know that scripture talks about that. Um, Doesn't necessarily say, well, if you have, you get divorced. Paul, Paul actually addresses some of these issues And the New Testament, 1 Corinthians, deals with some very specific situations that we'll see in a couple months. (laughs) Um, But even sometimes this verse has been used in really painful ways. This has been one of those uh, verses that has been looked at to speak against interracial marriage. And it actually never was about race. It was about who you're worshiping. Um, But even very, very recently, uh, this has been used in hurtful ways that way. We do see... um, In a rare show of repentance, the people are sorry for what they've done, and they turn from what they're doing, and they follow Ezra. Um, So that's interesting, because we hardly ever see that in the Old Testament. Yay for repentance! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the line that stuck out to me was, in Ezra, it says, He caused the kings of Persia to treat us favorably, meaning God. And we have seen all these different people in um, the Persian Empire we have Esther, we have Daniel, we have Nehemiah and Ezra, all um, people who um, God has put in specific places. And because of that, the, Israel is cared for, um, which kind of brings us into the book of Nehemiah. So, anything to get to you guys in Nehemiah? 
so of course I love um, in where Nehemiah starts into his prayer and asking God for help and asking asking God for his favor, his favor with the king, his favor with um, each step of the way. And that um, we were talking about how Nehemiah was in. Um, he used the place that he was for influence. So he was a king's cupbearer. And in using that place as a cupbearer, he was able to approach the king and ask him for a favor and ask him for help to rebuild the wall. You know, I think uh, one of the things I think about that we are going to be able to see because we're reading this in order is that Ezra and Nehemiah, they are contemporaries and that, you know, God's working in two different things at the same time. So Ezra is concerned about rebuilding the people, getting them to live faithfully. He's concerned about their spiritual life primarily. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah is really dealing with their physical lives. So he's talking about rebuilding the city and rebuilding the wall. So there's a place of security. And I think in many ways, like as these people are going back into the land after a 70 year captivity, we're seeing that God is concerned with all of their life. He's not yeah. just saying, go back, have a horrible existence, but make sure you worship me. Yeah. Or he's not saying, go back and build a nice city, but don't worry about your relationship with me. Like it's both at the same time, which really when we think about missions, like we are concerned about both these things. We want to see people's spiritual lives changed and we want to see their physical lives changed. That, that's part of the kingdom coming to earth. It, it's both. It's not one or the other. And right here, uh, we see kind of these twin books of Ezra and Nehemiah doing that, that very thing. Yeah, and the thing that the kind of parallels is they both talk about repentance and being like they admit their sin and they want to turn from it. Um, and Nehemiah praying on behalf of his people. Like, <laughs> I don't see him praying for himself there. I see him praying for the nation of Israel. Ezra chapter 9, starting in verse 1. When these things had been done, the Jewish leaders came to me and said, Many of the people of Israel and even some of the priests and Levites have not kept themselves separate from the other people living in the land. They have taken up the detestable practices of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. For the men of Israel have married women from these people and have taken them as wives for their sons. So the holy race has become polluted by these mixed marriages. Worse yet, the leaders and officials have led the way in this outrage. When I heard this, I tore my cloak and my shirt, pulled hair from my head and beard, and sat down utterly shocked. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel came and sat with me because of the outrage committed by the returned exiles. And I sat there utterly appalled until the time of the evening sacrifice. At the time of the sacrifice, I stood up from where I had sat in mourning with my clothes torn. I fell to my knees and lifted my hands to the Lord my God. I prayed, O my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift up my face to you, for our sins are piled higher than our heads and our guilt has reached to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors until now, we have been steeped in sin. That is why we and our kings and our priests have been at the mercy of the pagan kings of the land. We have been killed, captured, robbed, and disgraced just as we are today. But now we have been given a brief moment of grace. For the Lord our God has allowed a few of us to survive as a remnant. He has given us security in this holy place. Our God has brightened our eyes and granted us some relief from our slavery. For we were slaves, but in his unfailing love, our God did not abandon us in our slavery. Instead, he caused the kings of Persia to treat us favorably. He revived us so we could rebuild the temple and our God, of our God and repair its ruins. He has given us a protective wall in Judah and Jerusalem. And now, O Lord, our God, what can we say after all this? For once again, we have abandoned your commands. Your servants, the prophets, warned us when they said, 
The land you are entering to possess is totally defiled by the detestable practices of the people living there. From one end to the other, the land is filled with corruption. Don't let your daughters marry their sons. Don't take their daughters as wives for your sons. Don't ever promote the peace and prosperity of those nations. If you follow these instructions, you will be strong and will enjoy the good things the land produces, and you will leave this prosperity to your children forever. Now we are being punished because of our wickedness and our great guilt, but we have actually been punished far less than we deserve. For you, our God, have allowed some of us to survive as a remnant. But even so, we are breaking your commands and intermarrying with people who do detestable things. Won't your anger be enough to destroy us so that even this little remnant no longer survives? O Lord God of Israel, you are just. We come before you in our guilt as nothing but an escaped remnant, though in such condition none of us can stand in your presence." While Ezra prayed and made this confession, weeping and lying face down on the ground in front of the temple of God, a very large crowd of people from Israel, men, women, and children, gathered and wept bitterly with him. Then Shechaniah, son of Jehiel, a descendant of Elam, said to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God, for we have married these pagan women of the land. But in spite of this, there is hope for Israel. Let us now make a covenant with our God to divorce our pagan wives and send them away with their children. We will follow the advice given by you and the others who respect the commands of our God. Let it be done according to the law of God. Get up, for it is your duty to tell us how to proceed in setting things straight. We are behind you, so be strong and take action. So Ezra stood up and demanded that the leaders of the priests and the Levites and all the people of Israel swear that they would do as Shechaniah said, and they all swore a solemn oath. Then Ezra left the front of the temple of God and went to the room of Jehonan, son of Elishab. He spent the night there without eating or drinking anything. He was still in mourning because of the unfaithfulness of the returned exiles. Then a proclamation was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem that all the exiles should come to Jerusalem. Those who failed to come within three days would, if the would, if the leaders and elders so decided, forfeit all their property and be expelled from the assembly of the exiles. Within three days, all the people of Judah and Benjamin had gathered in Jerusalem. This took place on December 19th, and all the people were sitting in the square before the temple of God. They were trembling both because of the seriousness of the matter and because it was raining. Then Ezra the priest stood and said to them, You have committed a terrible sin. By marrying pagan women, you have increased Israel's guilt. So now, confess your sins to the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do what he demands. Separate yourselves from the people of the land and from these pagan women. Then the whole assembly raised their voices and answered, Yes, you are right. We must do as you say. Then they added, This isn't something that can be done in a day or two, for many of us are involved in this extremely sinful affair. And this is the rainy season, so we cannot stay here much longer. Let our leaders act on our behalf of us all. Let everyone who has a pagan wife come at a scheduled time, accompanied by the leaders and judges of his city, so that the fierce anger of our God concerning this affair may be turned away from us. Only Jonathan, son of Ishil, and Jehaziah, son of Tikva, opposed this course of action, and they were supported by Meshulam and Sepatia the Levite. So this was the plan they followed. Ezra selected leaders to represent their families, designated each of the representatives by name. On December 29th, the leaders sat down to investigate the matter. By March 27th, the first day of the new year, they had finished dealing with all the men who had married pagan wives. These are the priests who had married pagan wives. From the family of Jeshua of Jehozadak and his brother Mishia was Eliezer, Jerib, and Gedaliah. They vowed to divorce their wives, and they each acknowledged their guilt by offering a ram as a guilt offering. From the family of Emir, Haniah, and Zebedai. From the family of Haram, Mishia, Elijah, Shemiah, Jehia, and Uzziah. From the family of Pasher, Elonai, Mishia, Ishmael, Nathaniel, Josabad, and Eliash. These are the Levites who are guilty. Josabad, Shimea, Kelia, also called Kelita, 
Pethaniah, Judah, and Elisha. There is one singer who was guilty, Elisha. These are the gatekeepers who were guilty, Shalom, Telem, and Uri. These are the pe- people of Israel who were guilty. From the family of Perush, Ramiah, Iziah, Malachan, Mizignin, Eliezer, Hashbiah, and Benaiah. From the family of Elam, Mataniah, Zechariah, Jehiel, Abdi, Jermoth, and Elijah. From the family of Zetu, Elione, Elishib, Mataniah, Jeremoth, Zebedad, and Iziah. From the family of Bibai, Jehonan, Hananiah, Zebedad, and Athlet. From the family of Benai, Meshalem, Maluk, Adiah, Jesub, Seal, and Jermoth. From the family of Peath, Moab, Adna, Kela, Benaiah, Messiah, Mataniah, Beziel, Benu, and Manasseh. From the family of Haram, Eliezer, Ishab, Malkot, Simei, Simeon, Benjamin, Maluk, and Shemaiah. From the family of Hashram, Mataniah, Mateah, Zebad, Eliphet, Jemeah, Manasseh, and Shemaiah. From the family of Benai, Madai, Aram, U, Benel, Bediel, Kaliu, Vanaya, Mermoth, Elisha, Mataniah, Matain, and Jesu. From the family of Benu, Shimei, Shilamiah, Nathan, Adiah, Machnadat, Badai, Shinai, Shemasai, Shirai, Azariah, Shalomai, Shemariah, Shalom, Amariah, and Joseph. From the family of Nebo, Jael, Matsathiah, Zabad, Zebedin, Jedai, Joel, and Benaiah. Each of these men had pagan wife, and some even had children by these wives. Nehemiah 1. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hekeliah. In the late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescue by your great power and strong hand are your servants. O Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God in in heaven, I replied, if it please the king and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, How long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. 
I also said to the king, If it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make the beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because of the gracious hand of God was on me. When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of my arrival, they were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. So I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So though it was dark, I went up the Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, You know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me, and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, Yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? they asked. I replied, The God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall, but you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.